1: This is the Joe and Amber podcast.
0: One of the quarterback dominoes has fallen and it was not to the New York Jets. Joe and Amber is on ESPN radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN radio. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W sports. Joe and Amber is presented by progressive insurance for a job. You'll love visit progressive.com slash careers. We're going to get into Derek Carr's signing with the new Orleans saints in just moments. But 1st Joe's going to try to earn you some money right off the top of the show here. You know how we do here on Joe and Amber. Let's get to it.
1: Pizza money alert.
0: Pizza, pizza.
2: Strong Friday, 4-0 on the show, plus four units. But we did lose two half-unit bets on golf futures. So we're plus three units for the weekend. That makes us lifetime 35 33 is our record, plus 11.4 units. This game starts in six minutes. Cavaliers, Celtics, under 218 total points. These two played last week. Closing total was 219. There were 230 points scored, but we had a 77-point third quarter, and Boston shot 50% from deep for the game. That is not going to happen again. The scoring is going to drop off, especially with no Jason Tatum. Look at the situation for the Celtics. Fourth game in six nights second half of a back-to-back after losing an overtime to the Knicks yesterday. Pizza money number one, Celtics, Cavs, under 218 points.
3: The big story, the first huge shoe has fallen. Derek Carr is a Saint.
2: AFC is loaded with great quarterback.
1: The NFC? Ah, not so much. Saints were 7-10 to 10 last year.
3: Drew Brees walking through that door? No,
1: not walking through that door. Okay, Derek Carr's walking through that door.
0: Derek Carr is walking through the door of the New Orleans Saints. The Saints and Derek Carr have agreed on a deal. The financial terms are not disclosed, but according to sources, they told ESPN that the deal could potentially be worth up to $150 million and may include up to $100 million in guarantees, Joe. He's going to receive $60 fully guaranteed at signing, another $10 million once he starts year three of the deal. The sources said he will earn 60. million in the first couple of years of the deal. Not a long-term deal here for Derek Carr. I mean, four years uh, is a reasonable deal, right? We're talking $100 million in guarantees. That sounds lofty, but in today's quarterback market, frankly, I don't know how lofty it is. The real story here, though, is Derek Carr now has a home. One of the dominoes has fallen. He will, in fact, be part of the New Orleans Saints.
2: Didn't hear much of what you said. I'm playing hurt. The last three days, I was in a Vegas casino, UFC 285. My voice is a mess. And someone here was kind enough to bring me a glass of tea. Although I don't think you drink tea out of a glass. It would be a mug. So I was trying to thank them as you were doing an excellent job of mm-hmm. setting up this deal. I'd imagine we're talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo and his fake triple-double yesterday. We
0: are not talking about <laughs> Giannis's fake triple-double. We are talking about Derek Carr's yeah. landing oh, yeah. place with the New Orleans Saints. He's the best quarterback in that division, right?
2: Without a shadow of a doubt, he's the only proven quarterback in the division. Matt Corral could be the starter in Carolina. Desmond Ritter, second-year quarterback, the starter as of now in Atlanta. Kyle Trask, your boy from Florida, the starter in Tampa Bay. So what does this do? The odds move here in Vegas. New Orleans was plus 180 to win the division prior to the move. That means a $100 wager returns 180 in profit. They're now plus 130. Same $100 wager returns only 130 in profit. But you just had a big upgrade at the most important position in the NFL. Is Derek Carr elite? No, he's not elite, but he's stable. And he's going to help this team in a big way, Amber, because last year they were 7-10, and 10, but they played in 10 one-score games. There were a lot of very close games New Orleans was in. If a couple of those go the other way, they end up going nine and eight, and we're looking at them differently. They had a minus fifteen point differential. That was actually the best in the division. They got outscored by fewer points than anybody else in that division, including Tom Brady's Buccaneers. And this is the kicker: thirty-first in turnovers last year. Turnover differential. They committed way too many. They were also sixth in giveaways. That's Jameis Winston. That's Andy Dalton. Carr isn't elite protecting the football, but he's much better. And if you cut down the turnovers, you will improve the wins. There's no stat that leads to wins more so than turnovers. So Derek Carr is a huge upgrade. And right now, this is not only the favorite to win the division. Maybe if the defense improves, they make a little noise in the NFC next year.
0: I am not as high on this addition as it sounds like maybe you are. I do think he's he's the best quarterback in the division. I also think that's not saying anything. Look at the other quarterbacks in the division. It says absolutely nothing. The problem is... I don't know what Derek Carr looks like outside of a Raiders uniform. I would feel a lot better about this if Sean Payton was still the head coach of the New Orleans Saints rather than Dennis Allen. I don't even know if Allen is a particularly good head coach, and I don't think Derek Carr is the type of quarterback that elevates everybody around him. I mean, maybe I'll find out I'm wrong when he's playing in New Orleans, but I'm concerned that this may not be the best version of Derek Carr that we're going to get down there. The Saints entered the offseason with more than $50 million over the expected salary cap. They have to restructure the contracts of several players. The next question after Carr is what are they going to do with wide receiver Michael Thomas? He restructured his contract earlier in the offseason to give both sides more flexibility ahead of free agency. He's under contract technically at this time, but that situation with Michael Thomas, he's never been able to stay healthy. He's never been the same Michael Thomas that we saw back in 2019. I don't feel like Carr has a ton of weapons around him in New Orleans, and if you're not the difference maker, if you're not going to go in and everyone is going to rise around you, I just don't know if this is a complete team enough and a complete coaching staff, frankly, enough where I feel like Derek Carr in this version of the New Orleans Saints is really going to be making noise in a postseason.
2: What's the ceiling for you?
0: The ceiling for me, that's interesting. I, I, I'm pretty I mean, sure it's I, not winning the Super Bowl. It's not Super Bowl. It's not conference championship. Okay. Like, I just don't think that they're going to sniff it. You know, sure, maybe they'll make a postseason, you know, first round exit kind of thing. Okay.
2: I mean, winning the division, I don't know what else they're they're probably going for here. They they. Dennis Allen, who was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders at the time when they Mm -hmm. drafted Derek Carr, these two have a rapport. It's a very interesting situation because that was a disaster of a year last year for New Orleans the way it turned out. The defense was supposed to be much better, and Allen is supposed to be a defensive-minded head coach. So this is going to upgrade them. You go out and you win a divisional title, that buys everybody some time. It buys them some time to upgrade the roster and then to continue trying to compete. I couldn't stop thinking about this, though. And I got to throw it in there. After this deal was signed, four years, 150 million, average annual salary of 37.5. Like Daniel Jones, can't be happy, right? Like if Daniel Jones wants forty million and well, the Giants control his future, and Carr was completely unrestricted to go sign anywhere he wanted, and he right. got thirty seven five it 's going to be hard to justify forty plus for daniel jones
0: i mean that 's interesting that you say that Derek Carr, of course, much older than Daniel Jones now Derek Carr is early thirty, so like by quarterback standards he 's still not very old he 's only thirty one it feels like he 's been in the league for a lot longer than that honestly Daniel Jones though only 25 years old I mean I guess that's the argument if you're Daniel Jones uh, I, I don't think that it particularly helps Daniel Jones I do wonder because we keep talking about just where the quarterback market is going to get set in the trajectory of where it's going Derek Carr is a quarterback that has had a lot of regular season success at least in terms of numbers even though he's been on quite a few bad Raiders teams that haven't actually gone anywhere so he's never really done much of anything in terms of winning when it matters most but he always put up the good numbers in the regular season he's a quarterback that's been in the league for a long time so much more proven in that sense we saw a good season from daniel jones a a good season from daniel uh, Jones, singular season. A, good season from daniel jones so yes it probably does not help his negotiating power joe and ambers presented by progressive insurance coming up joe's gonna drink some more hot tea And then we're going to talk about Aaron (laughs) Rodgers because, of course, that's what we do on this show. Where does this leave the New York Jets? Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio.
1: Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast
0: is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition.
1: Making news on the quarterback front, Derek Carr, signing with the New Orleans Saints. All of a sudden, this team that's 7-10 and 10 last year, now they have a quarterback. On paper, it makes a ton of sense. It's an upgrade for the Saints. They gotta feel like, you know what, we're the favorite to win a division. Yes, right now the New Orleans Saints are sitting in a great position, because number one, they do have a defense, a defense that has been dominant. Derek Carr has been in the National Football League for nine years and does not have one single playoff victory.
0: Speaking of rich, Derek Carr is now even richer because he got handed a contract by the New Orleans Saints. It's reportedly looking like something in the ballpark of 150 million a hundred of that in guarantees, so he moves on to New Orleans from Las Vegas. Joe Fortenbaugh lives in Las Vegas. He hasn't moved on from Vegas at all, and Vegas has caught up to Joe Fortenbaugh in a big kind of way today. So did you actually go to the John Jones fight, by the way? Because that fight was... Okay, so you're at the fight, which, fine, that seems like a reasonable excuse for you to have no voice for your job today, which requires kind of having a voice. However... It was a very quick fight. He won by submission in round one. So I feel like it wasn't long enough for you to have lost your voice.
2: So to be clear, what you're asserting is that I showed up in the building right before the games, the fight started, left immediately after the fight, and didn't spend any time on the world famous Las Vegas Strip. Is that what well, you're implying?
0: I was just I was just imagining that the yelling portion of your evening was at the. Oh, place. that's
2: not why it's gone. It's not uh, from the yelling. It's not from the yelling. It. My uh, my brother came into town for it, so I was on the strip hanging out with him, doing Vegas Friday, Saturday, Sunday oh, into this morning. So the, all you, the recycled you, air. You live the,
0: there. You know you can't do Vegas that long. Oh yeah,
2: the dirty gross poker room I was involved in that yesterday. Oh I was I didn't I barely got any fresh air. I barely was outside, but I am here. I am playing hurt. <laughs> I am inspired. I am motivated. I love working with you because you absolutely have the gift of gab. If there's ever been a co-host I could work with to lean on in a situation like this, it's the queen of the word salad at Amber Wilson.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure that's a compliment. It's but a compliment. I'll this one today. <laughs> James, why are you coming to the microphone? What do you have to ask? No, I,
3: I, I He kind of just said that you talk too much, I think.
0: That's what you're supposed to do in
3: this job.
2: You're supposed to do this in this job.
0: You know what's funny is when I was growing up, that was always the criticism of me on all my report cards. Like my mom saved a lot of my elementary school report cards. It was that I talked too much and that I was bossy. (laughs) So it worked out perfectly in life that I then became a talk radio host and also a lawyer.
2: (laughs) Can I please... Can you please channeled set up a sprints. Zoom so I can get to know your husband a little bit so we can just <laughs> no. chat and kind of go through the uh, the process here? May too may. bossy, talks too much. Incredible. And yet, yeah, <laughs> look at all you've achieved.
0: And all I've achieved? Well, I channeled it. So that's a lesson to you out there, kids. Yeah. When they're trying to tell you that there's things wrong with you, just let them know <laughs> that this is going to be what my entire career is built on one day. And the joke is on you, second grade teacher. The joke... <laughs> Also might be on the New York Jets because the New York Jets did not get Derek Carr. It seemed like Derek Carr, I mean, we were hearing reports yesterday that Derek Carr was leaning towards the New York Jets. Then all of a sudden he signs with the New Orleans Saints. It has led some Jets fans to speculate that this means the Jets feel confident that they are getting Aaron Rodgers. Now pay attention.
1: Joe and Amber, Aaron Rodgers watch.
0: (laughs) And I merely say the word, and there it is. This is the Aaron Rodgers watch. James was just waiting (laughs) for that to drop that in.
2: You're going to wake up in the middle of the night screaming because you have a nightmare with that audio (laughs) playing through your brain.
0: Uh, So do you think that that is what this indicates? Or... Did the Jets just royally ruin themselves and they're going to be stuck with Zach Wilson next season? It's a great
2: question because the Jets would never admit to it. They would never admit that they were going after Rodgers and if they didn't get him, the consolation prize with was Carr. Um Carr's situation being released from the Raiders is something the Jets had to understand. Carr could sign before free agency opens for everybody else, before a lot of the other wheeling and dealing could get done. So if he's your guy, you got to go out and make the play. And I don't think he was their guy all along. They probably looked into it. They probably liked him. They probably thought worst case scenario, sure, but we're not going to get there. So now it's probably a matter of whether or not they can get Aaron Rodgers. Now, that'll be the focal point, but I do think plan B is one handsome James Garoppolo because Garoppolo knows Robert Salah well from his time in the Bay Area. Salah was the defensive coordinator there when Jimmy came over. I would think that if the Jets swing and miss on Aaron Rodgers, if that doesn't work out, I would think that Garoppolo is coming to New York. I, I Trust me, I can't find a better city for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. He would kill it there. He would do wonderful. I'm not talking about the on-field product either. I think that's the plan B. So I think they're okay. I think between Carr and Garoppolo, they were okay letting Carr go because they want to pursue Rogers.
0: Let the record reflect that you are the one uh, mentioning the looks are commenting on the looks, Always. not me. I would never Always. objectify men. That's not <laughs> something I would ever think to do. I do wonder how funny it's going to be, though, if the Jets fan has to talk themselves into Jimmy Garoppolo. Not that Garoppolo hasn't had success in... San Francisco, because he certainly did. But you're going from Aaron Rodgers to Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever else ends up on that list of quarterbacks that we have to flirt with now if we're New York Jets fans because we whiffed on Derek Carr, seemingly, who it feels like wanted to go there. And that's the risk that you take, though. And I understand why they would maybe feel like taking it to go after the guy with three MVPs under his belt and a Super Bowl MVP on top of that in Aaron Rodgers. But the problem with going after that guy is that guy's a wild card and you don't know what he's doing with his career. You don't know what he's doing with his life even and you don't know if he's going to end up coming to your team and so you pass on Derek Carr and you may end up like you said with one of these other suitors or nobody at all and then we're just talking about a Zach Wilson Mike White type situation. Jeremy Fowler he is ESPN's NFL reporter. He was on Sports Center earlier explaining what the car situation going to the New Orleans Saints means for the New York Jets. Well, the Jets have remained zeroed in on Aaron Rodgers. That's been the case. He's been their primary option A pretty much throughout this process. Uh, but I've talked to multiple teams in the quarterback market who believe the hang-up with Aaron Rodgers will be the $58 million in guaranteed money that he has coming to him. That balloon payment has to be exercised between March 17th and week one. And so... Prospective teams like the Jets would like to see that money lessened, reworked, something done there. And so uh, it's uncertain if the Packers would be willing to facilitate a trade by eating some of that money. And so those are some of the complex dynamics that will be in play in the coming days to try to get Rodgers potentially to a team like the Jets. Here's the problem with Aaron Rodgers and everything that Jeremy Fowler just said. Aaron Rodgers operates on his own schedule. He's not operating on anybody else's time. And in this situation, he kind of has to because of what you just heard from Jeremy Fowler, right? And you're putting these teams in a more difficult situation the longer Aaron Rodgers takes to make his decision. But we have no idea when he's going to make his decision. He went into the darkness for four days. We thought then maybe he'd come out. With some epiphany about what he wants, we don't even know if he wants to play football still. Like that should be to sit. Are you gonna retire or are you playing football still? You didn't have time to think four days in the dark to at least let us know that moving on. But that's how Aaron Rodgers does business.
2: I think this is what agents are for, and that that's the highlight here is that Rodgers seems coy. He seems like he's working towards a decision, but he doesn't have a decision. Every time you hear from Green Bay in this scenario, they're not sure if he's back or not. It's just everyone's kind of up in the air. At least that if that's what it feels like to sports radio talking heads like you and I. I think behind the scenes, the agent has been talking to everybody. They're trying to facilitate something. I I would I would venture a guess as to say that whatever the finality of this is going to be, him back or him gone. is is probably closer to decided than the rest of us realize. And that's not to say that Rodgers is trying to deceive everybody. I just think that you can't afford to have your entire camp in the dark on all this because at some point people need to make decisions,
0: including you. Right. Everybody needs to make a decision. Derek Carr went ahead and made his decision. He decided, I'm not waiting for Aaron Rodgers to make a decision. I'm going to go ahead and make a decision. So the Jets are holding out on me because they're hoping for Aaron Rodgers, then they're not going to have the option of me if he ends up passing on them. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, Jerry Jones compared Dak to who? That's next. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio.
1: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
0: Joe has no voice, but it's not going to stop him from trying to earn (laughs) you the money because he's going to still forge ahead Play through it and do what he does best. Let's get to pizza money number two.
3: Pizza
2: money alert!
0: Pizza pizza.
2: We play hurt on this show. Always have. Well, it's also more. Ef-
0: it's more effective your pizza money advice tonight because you sound like Vegas, you know, I which know, is really very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like it.
2: Barry in Long Island, hello, as I channel my (laughs) old Larry King there. All right, here we go. Pizza Money number 2, little player prop action regarding Amber's Miami Heat. Bam Adebayo to go over 32.5 points plus rebounds plus assists, also known as par. Points plus rebounds plus assists. Don't ask me why it's par. That would mean points, assists, rebounds, but we always say it points, rebounds, assists. Nevertheless, Adebayo has played Atlanta three times this season. He's gone over this mark in all three of those games. He's averaging 41.6 par per game against the Atlanta Hawks. He eats against this team, and he's actually averaging over this number for the season. So we're just asking him to do what he always does. Pizza money number two. Bam Adebayo over 32 and a half points, plus assists, plus rebounds tonight against Atlanta.
1: They said it, but what did they really mean? What
2: are you trying to say to us? Sound on,
1: sound off with Joe and Amber.
0: And Trey Young just oddly looks like he doesn't want to play basketball anymore, at least against the Miami Heat. He looks like he can't play basketball anymore. Just strange there for the Atlanta Hawks. Sound on, sound off is brought to you by my... My, Rewind (laughs) it. Let's try this again. Yes, karma. Sound on... (laughs) Sound off is brought to you by our friends at My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. There we go, nailed it.
3: I didn't know Callahan was in that region.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Jones says some crazy things sometimes, but this might take the cake. Just take a listen to the Dallas Cowboys owner. I have a, I've
1: really felt for a, quite a while that Dak has the ability. I don't want to dare do this to Dak or me or anybody. But I think just as Brady became, in my mind, better and better and more impactful on how they won as he got into his career, I think Dak really has those qualities.
0: That's interesting, James. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, Joe. So he didn't want to do it, but he did it anyway. But he did when it. When he went ahead and he went ahead and compared uh, Dak Prescott to Tom Brady. So why in the world did he do that, Joe? <sighs>
2: I'll tell you this, uh, if you're Dak Prescott or if you're any member of the Dallas Cowboys, you got to love having this guy as your owner. You really do. I mean, he didn't need to make that comment, and no one's going to buy into that comment, and no one's going to be in a situation where they say, you know what, let's give it some thought. Maybe Jerry's right. Maybe Dak does have a career similar in terms of trajectory to Tom Brady. He's just got his guys back. At every turn, the owner has had his guys back. And you got to like that because it's got to at least help, at the very least help, Dak Prescott's confidence, Amber.
0: Yeah, this is a bunch of nonsense. And Jerry Jones knows (laughs) it's nonsense. Uh, You compared your quarterback to Tom Brady I guess just to instill that level of confidence like Joe said because there's no other reason to do it he knows that we're going to take that bite and run with it, which is also something that Jerry Jones probably loves about it. But he said that as Dak gets into his career, are we going on season eight with Dak Prescott? Like gets into his career. I mean, I, we've been done in his career. Okay. So I don't know what Jerry's talking about, but I don't think I'm higher on Dak than some people and higher. I don't mean that he's ever going to be Tom Brady because nobody. Nobody's that high on Dak. I don't even know if Dak Prescott's mother is that high on Dak Prescott. No like, way. come on, it's impossible. Tom Brady is the gra- Dak Prescott's not even that that high on Dak Prescott, where he thinks he's going to turn into the greatest to ever do it. We got speaking of greatest, we got Katie versus Kyrie. I don't know which one of them. That was just my transition. Nobody at me. Don't get crazy. It was just a transition. Katie versus Kyrie. We got it on Sunday also, and the two former teammates didn't interact at all whatsoever. No hugs, no conversation. They didn't even look at each other. What was it like for Durant to be on the opposite side of Kyrie again? Here is Kevin Durant
1: no emotions at all it's another game like I told somebody earlier I played most most of my career I played against Kyrie so I, I he was on my team for the last couple of years but majority of my career I played against him so I know how I feel yeah it, it seemed just watching that there was no emotion which kind of surprised some people I think because of your recent history yeah I just think that we both uh, locked in on the floor we want to go out there and be the best that we can be and that sometimes you get distracted trying to hang out talking you know Catch up on old time with
3: your with your friends. So both was locked in. Glad we got the double. Yeah. So Ember, what <laughs> do you uh,
0: shot there at the end? Yeah.
3: What do you what do you make of uh, this a little bit of drama with Katie and Kyrie?
0: Well, and Devin Booker was doing all the trash talking in that game. Uh, yeah, it was drama, and there was emotions, right? Because Joe, if you see your ex out and about, right, and you don't say hi to her. Does that mean that there's no emotions or does that mean that you're being petty and there's emotions, right? Because I almost feel like what's less emotional and less weird and less petty is when you go up to your ex. Hi, how you doing? You know, oh, here's here's my beautiful wife. You know, oh, nice to meet your husband, blah, blah, blah. Right? Like that's the lack of emotions. It's all kinds of emotions when you pretend like you don't see them from across the room in an environment where you clearly see them. And that's what happened here with KD and Kyrie. Ain't nobody believing that there's not emotions here involved. Those two guys are just not trying to mess with each other anymore.
2: See, I do think there's emotions, but I don't think it's the drama emotions that we would all love for it to believe. I think this is very simply two competitors who know what this game's about. They know everyone's going to be paying attention to the fact that they're squaring off against one another, that they could face each other in the playoffs. It's kind of like that situation we had when Tom Brady and the Bucs went to New England to take on the Patriots in the rain, right? He's got to go against Belichick. Is there drama or not? You know, maybe it didn't end great. I don't think there's high levels of drama here. I think both dudes were locking in because both dudes wanted to win so that when we talk about this game the next day, we're talking about who did better in their respective situation. And it was absolutely Durant. The guy shot over 70% from the floor in that game. He's just a walking bucket. He played 40 minutes and Phoenix got the win. So, yeah, Kyrie had a nice game. He had 30 as well. But I don't think there's a lot of drama here. I just think it's two competitors who were locking in because they knew the stakes of this game.
0: I don't know. They didn't even interact after the game. Like with Brady and Belichick, they would say hi, right? After the game. Brady would talk to Robert Kraft. Like they didn't interact even after the game. Typically that's where, sure, I'd buy the whole like they're locked in thing. If then they interacted after the game, like, oh, what's up, man? And dap each other up, like, what's up, man? You know, keep it moving. Fine. You don't have to sit there and have a 25 minute conversation. But you have to have some sort of interaction. You were teammates quite literally for years. Giannis tried to pull a fast one on everyone at the end of the Bucks win over the Wizards on Sunday, putting up an uncontested shot with just a few seconds left in order to grab his 10th rebound that secured the triple-double in the process. Here is Giannis Antetokounmpo on his thought process.
3: I know I was, I was thinking about uh, scoring the ball, but I feel like, uh, you know, in those situations, it's, it's best to kind of keep the ball. Um but, yeah, I just tried to play the game smart and kind of kind of stole one. And he stole one. Uh, so, well, not really, because the league sent in the triple and double were there today, saying that for a field goal attempt to count as official, the player has to shoot, quote, with intent to score a field goal. But, Joe, did, uh, are you surprised that Giannis didn't catch more flack for this sneaky little move he tried to pull?
2: No, because Giannis is like on first team, all good guy, right? Like every time you see him, he's taking off his shoes and he's signing him for kids. He's such a good guy. Everything you find out about his story, when he came over from Greece, he gets drafted, he's playing for the Bucs, he's sending like all of his money home to help take care of his family. He's an all time good guy. So people are going to give him a pass on something like this. But I will say the stat padding at the end the triple-double used to be a very cool stat. It's not really a cool stat anymore. Like, saying a guy had a triple-double, that doesn't resonate with anybody anymore. Russell Westbrook into Nikola Jokic. Like, they're great stats, but the triple-double used to seem like it was a big accomplishment. Now it just happens every single night.
0: Well, that's why. is It's just we've seen it now so much. It's still a big accomplishment, but we've seen it now so much that it's watered down that stat line. I don't think of Giannis. Sh- Giannis is a good guy, but I don't think of Giannis as, like, just such. Such a good guy because he does so much trash talking as well. He's such a funny guy and he's so likable beyond just the charitable stuff or the signing shoes for kids or even the store. Like he's just got such a likable personality. And this seemed in line with that, with Giannis just being Giannis out there and there's something so fun it's like a shack right like there's something fun about Giannis's personality yes. and so stat- padding his own stats doesn't bother me I think it's funny it would maybe annoy me with another guy with Giannis it just makes me laugh that he did it if he hadn't opened his mouth though after the game and said that he stole one I don't know if the NBA's rescinding that <laughs> but then they went ahead and rescinded it Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance coming up next here on Joe and Amber Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh with you Lamar in the Ravens are going to make things down or going to take things down to the wire what's the end game in Baltimore we're going to get into it Joe and Amber's on ESPN radio you can also listen to us on the ESPN app
1: Joe and Amber the podcast you're a Ravens fan, you're looking around at
2: Lamar and you're thinking, man, if we don't have Lamar, we don't have a chance. They've seen that this offense, which has basically been built around Lamar Jackson's skill set, is not really workable with a
0: different quarterback. And if they were to move on from him, I think they would have to rebuild in a number of ways.
2: If the sides can't reach a new deal by March 7th, the Ravens will place the franchise tag on Jackson to keep him from becoming a free agent.
0: The Baltimore Ravens probably wish these talks with Lamar Jackson would go faster because they are under a very strict deadline. They have until 3.30 tomorrow to place the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. They apparently are taking things straight down to the wire. Joe and Amber is brought to you by Wendy's. Two for six bucks, the best deal in fast food. So we are hearing, Joe, that if they don't reach a deal by tomorrow at 3.30, they are going to tag him. But boy, talk about waiting until the last minute. Apparently, very active negotiations. They say that they're trying to use all energy to utilize getting a deal done right up until that deadline tomorrow.
2: Yeah, well, the hard deadlines are normally when you get most of the progress made. Anytime we've ever been close to an NFL lockout, generally, right when you're coming up on the start of the season is when both sides find a way to get something done. Because they don't want to miss games, because that means they miss revenue. Eric DaCosta, the general manager, quoted as saying this, and I think you just said it, but I want to reiterate it. Quote, today and up until 3.30 tomorrow, a lot of energy will be utilized in trying to get a deal done. If not, we will put the franchise tag on them. It sounds like they're working hard on this. Or at the very least, DaCosta is letting the entire world know, hey, the Baltimore Ravens are out here. We are working hard. We like Lamar. We want to sign him. You never hear from Lamar. That's one of the negatives of not having an agent. You don't have a mouthpiece. Like, we never hear what's going on from Lamar. He said he's not going to talk about this stuff publicly anymore, so you never know what the situation is. So DaCosta can at least try to control the narrative in the media and the public, which is what he's attempting to do. You know, we're going to be working really hard on this. And then we're going to apply the tag. The question comes down to if it's a tag, which one's it going to be, the exclusive or the non-exclusive? Because I think that's going to be a big indicator of what the Ravens think is going to happen if they don't get a long-term deal done.
0: Well, and credit to Acosta because you're right. We're only hearing one side of the story, and we've only been hearing one side of the story for basically the entirety of these negotiations. The Ravens probably, honestly, could have made Lamar look a lot worse than they have. They've come out at every turn. Oh, we're going to get something worked out. We're going to get what yep. The talks are progressive. We're going to get something done. We're going to get something done. I mean, they have now less than 24 hours to, in fact, Get something done. They have been negotiating for 25 months.
1: (laughs) 25
0: months. We have been talking about Lamar Jackson signing a new deal with the Baltimore Ravens. 25 months you and I have been sitting here doing this.
2: Do you think Jackson is in any way, shape, or form coming off his position that he wants a fully guaranteed deal in line with Deshaun Watson? Do you think he's backed off that at all, or do you think he's just holding firm? With no wiggle room whatsoever.
0: I mean, the fact that here we are 25 months later, less than 24 hours from the deadline and there's no deal in place, leads me to believe that he is not coming off of that and he is not wiggling. I guess Lamar Jackson is convinced that if he doesn't get it from the Ravens, he's going to get it from somebody else. And it's possible that he's right. But also... The Ravens, of course, can tag him in the process. The exclusive tag would cost about $45 million. That allows Baltimore to control Jackson's contract rates in 2023, as well as any trade talks. The non-exclusive tag, which, of course, is less expensive, costs around $32.5 million. That would allow... Let Jackson to speak to other teams and give the Ravens the right to match any offer sheet or take two first-round picks as compensation for losing Jackson. If I am the Baltimore Ravens, I'm using the exclusive tag on him. That quarterback is worth right now dealing with the $45 million. It gives you more time to try to continue to work out a long-term deal or also control trade talks, and I don't think two first-rounders is enough for Lamar.
2: So you go exclusive. And you you owe him forty five million, assuming he signs that. Now, if he doesn't sign that, he, you can't penalize him in any way, shape, or form. You well, can't. Well, he hit stops him.
0: getting paid when you go into he the stops season. He stops getting paid completely. So call, he yeah. will not
2: make anything. But it's not like the Ravens can fine him every day for not showing up. Now he wouldn't end up uh, uh, racking he up in a. He doesn't cost crude them season. either. I don't think. Right. Yeah, it doesn't cost anything. But I mean, if you're the Ravens, you have to wonder how dug into the sand. Jackson's position is because if he gets franchised with the exclusive and he can't go anywhere else and you're not going to give him a long-term deal, what do you think the chances are that he just sits out? Do you think that's in play at all?
0: Uh, well, I think that he might try to, to force a trade. But if you're the Ravens, if you've spent 25 years. God, the months- Ravens would
2: just be throwing away a season. They'd be throwing away a season.
0: But that might be okay to them if you. Well, first of all, they've got another Pro Bowler on their quarterback's room, so maybe yeah, be okay. okay. That is a technically. they got true Tyler statement. Huntley. Uh, uh, second, it's funny too because John Harbaugh just came out and just expressed his confidence there in Tyler Huntley. Uh, second of all. I think that if you've spent 25 months negotiating with somebody and you haven't reached a deal, then you probably have mentally gotten to a place where you're probably willing to trade the player, right? Where maybe you are willing to play like, okay, this ain't going to happen between us. We're going to pivot and get everything we can out of you. And the risk that Lamar runs is he doesn't have any control over where he goes then or where he'll end up. And is it going to be somewhere that he wants to be? If it's just the money that's concerning him, he'll then have to work out a deal with whatever said team he goes to, right? And that long term deal, is that going to look like the guarantees? Or are we going to go through this process again with the next team that he ends up? Like, are we going to be talking about Lamar Jackson and the Atlanta Falcons and whether they're going to get the deal done for the 250 guaranteed or not? I don't know. I mean, that feels like the franchise that everybody keeps pointing to as being the front runner there in a trade situation.
2: That's the thing. Baltimore sits there, and they value Jackson a certain way. Teams without a QB, teams with a coach or a front office general manager that could find themselves on the hot seat because they don't have a QB – They value him very, very differently. Mm -hmm. Teams with money that desperately need to win to save their jobs, they will put a much higher premium on a guy like Lamar Jackson than the Baltimore Ravens would. The Baltimore Ravens know how good he is, but desperate times call for desperate measures. We saw Cleveland get desperate with Deshaun Watson. That's why that contract is there. (laughs) It appeared Arizona got desperate with Kyler Murray. God knows why, but they got desperate because they handed him a ridiculous deal that they did not need to give him at that point in time. That was completely ridiculous. But again, that's why they have the longest odds to win the NFC this year because they are a bad franchise and an overall top-to-bottom bad organization, except for the strength training staff, right, according to the grades last <laughs> according week, to The NFL training staff report is hard. really solid. What, what about this? You put the, exclusive, the non-exclusive tag on him. Some team comes in and offers them, I don't know, five years, two hundred and fifty million, they're willing to guarantee two hundred and twenty of it. He agrees. And then Baltimore matches the offer, and he stays in Baltimore.
0: It's entirely possible as well. And that could be the game that Baltimore ends up playing. They're like, you know what? Fine, Lamar. We're going to test the market. And we have no idea what these owners are saying to each other behind the scenes, right? But we have a pretty good sense that the owners were probably not happy with what the Browns did with Deshaun Watson. And they're probably not in the mood to start guaranteeing any player hundreds of millions of dollars in that particular sport. And so because of that, I wonder, could there be these conversations Conversations behind the scenes a little chummy there with owners and they're like, hey, let's go the non exclusive tag because it's cheaper. And also, no one's gonna step up and give him the two fifty guaranteed that he seems to be looking for. Again, I think a lot of franchises would pay a lot, but maybe it wouldn't be that. You know? So that's what it would come down to if you're Baltimore. So
2: so captivating. This has been one of the best storylines of the offseason.
0: Well, it it's been one of the best storylines of the last (laughs) twenty five months goodness we should have our answer here at least in part by three thirty p.m tomorrow that is the deadline for the ravens to franchise tag lamar jackson doesn't necessarily mean that we won't then be talking about where he's going to get traded after that
3: joe and amber the podcast